0: Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Jeff and along with Brian, we are the hosts of this program.
1: Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast. My name is Brian and along with Jeff. Jeff, how are you doing this evening?
0: Doing fine and uh, looking forward to our uh, study this evening.
1: Yeah, we are about to embark on a series uh, regarding prayer. So to help us with this, we have uh, evangelist Alan Hitchin, who's joining us. And uh, Alan, thanks for being willing to come together with us to kind of put a series out there on prayer.
2: Well, I really appreciate being invited. This is a very uh, satisfying and enjoyable way to talk about the scriptures. And so I'm really glad that uh, I get this opportunity once again to share some things
1: with you guys. Yeah, you know, before we get started, I just had, I was thinking, Alan, as we were talking about this subject, that years ago, I remember an evangelist saying that, you know, prayer can be a barometer of our spiritual walk, our prayer life. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think that was insightful in that. You know if we we don't have much of a prayer life, if we just sort of go through the motions, that could be, like I say, it's not absolute, right? But it certainly could be uh, a symptom of a larger problem, if you will, yeah,
2: and it's interesting you bring that up because I, I think that's the backbone of our understanding of prayer is that it is our practical application of our love and devotion to god. we We try to do the best we can with that love and devotion at the at the services every first day of the week. but If we're not undergirding that with daily prayer, then the service itself starts to become hollow because we aren't really sharing with God. And there's just something endearing and and binding to sharing your cares and concerns with him.
0: Yeah, and it's also interesting because I know in like previous sermons or classes that you've had at the building, you've had a, a very interesting approach to kind of help people to understand the the nature of this act if you will uh, of praying to god uh would you like to get us started by uh, sharing that with our listeners
2: yes i I would uh i think that all of us who have relationships and and i hope that's everyone out here i life can be very very sterile and unpleasant if we don't have people to share it with and that's why god devised marriage it's why he devised the family And it's why he created us in his image and likeness so that we can share our feelings with one another. And so the relationship that we have with people is a really good illustration and explanation and helps us with our understanding with our relationship with God. Because every relationship that we have, especially the ones that are uh, satisfying, enjoyable, endearing, strengthening, uh, they all have one common factor, and that is we can talk freely, and they will listen, and they can talk to us. So what we find is is that if we can't, when we first meet someone and there's no trust there, I can't share important things with them, and of course they can't share important things with me. And so the developing of the relationship uh, comes from communication. The more that I can share with someone, whether it's my wife or husband, or whether it's my children or parents, or whether it is a, a, a good friend or a working relationship, the more that I can communicate with them and they can communicate with me, the The better the relationship will develop. And it's very, very pleasing and satisfying, like I say, and 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 uh, it makes our love and our our uh, friendship with people our loyalty to people if if we can communicate with respect we can be heard with respect we can listen with respect then that is a that's a blessing that is such a wonderful relationship and uh, those of us who can do that with our spouse with our parents children and friends we're truly blessed and it's the basis of that relationship that uh, i think we can start to talk about prayer and our relationship with god so
1: it sounds like your basic premise uh, is that good communication skills will help us when we pray to god and that the same problems we have when communicating with our friends and loved ones will surface with god well
2: Uh, Of course, that's going to be the case. Uh, We learned relationships and friendships and and, uh, communication skills as we were growing up. When God initially comes into our life, if we're going to develop a relationship with him, then it's going to be on the basis of our submission and listening and obeying and loving and being devoted to him while at the same time we are learning how to bring our cares, our concerns, our repentance, our confession, our devotion, our thanksgiving, uh, the better we learn to communicate with God, then the closer relationship we're going to have. But one of the verses we're going to look at later says we have to draw near to God before He can draw near to us. And that requires two things. We have to learn how to listen to Him, and we have to learn how to talk to Him. And most problems that arise in any relationship come because of a lack of communication or a lack of care and concern over what's been communicated. If we know our loved one wants us to do something and we refuse to do it, then it's going to create a strain on the relationship. And if we don't fix that, then it's going to uh, we're going to drift apart. We have to, if if we make a mistake in the relationship, we have to fix it. Uh, we have to explain. We have to apologize if, if we figure out that we did something wrong. We have to have mutual understanding. Uh, true, relate, true friendships are our work in progress. And true friendships are relationships where we listen and we mutually care and respect. And, and when we come into God's presence uh, for the first time, that's going to determine the nature of our relationship with God, just like it did with our spouse or with our our friends, we first met them as strangers, we learned how to talk, we learned how to listen, we developed mutual interests, we developed friendships, and it grew into what it is today. So that's essentially what we're dealing with when we start talking about prayer.
0: So, Alan, based on that, can you give us an example from the scriptures uh, that maybe could help our listeners see how that relationship with God is based on such communication?
2: Sure, yes. We, we see this in the initial relationship between Adam and Eve. Uh, God created them in His image and after His likeness, and a relationship was supposed to unfold where God could communicate with them and they could communicate with God. We, we see God coming into the garden, it says, in the cool of the day to talk with Adam and Eve. And so uh, God communicated to Adam that he only had one expectation of him that would cement the relationship. And so, uh, Brian, why don't you go ahead and read Genesis chapter, uh, six, uh, chapter 2, verses 16 and 17.
1: Okay, here it says, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Okay, so basically
2: when Adam and Eve meet God, uh, I hate to use the word stranger because I don't think that that's really what we're dealing with, but they haven't really developed a relationship yet. And the same thing with Adam and Eve. They were created in God's image and likeness, but it was only through communication and through uh, developing of that that they would have cemented that relationship. So God here tells Adam, uh, you can eat every tree in the garden, but you can't eat of this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because if you do, you'll die. Now, that gives Adam the opportunity to uh, show his respect, show his love, show his devotion, just like the first time we had a friend, and we made our first communication to them, and of course their response to that initial communication is going to determine which way the direct or the direction that our relationship goes. If I say something to a friend and that friend immediately pursues that and shows his care and concern, then I feel confident to continue in the relationship. And so when Adam and Eve chose to ignore God's word and listen to someone else's, which in this case was Satan's, they ruptured the relationship, just like would happen in any of our relationships today. If, if I tell my children, this is what I expect of you, and they say to me, well, I'm not going to do what you say, I'm going to do what my friends say, that's going to hurt the relationship. And so the relationship between God and man was ruptured or was damaged uh, when they didn't listen to him. And if God hadn't already made plans to be understanding and compassionate and forgiving, the relationship would have ended there. Uh, They would have parted company, and of course in this case, uh, Adam and Eve would have been cast away. But because God is so understanding, he made it easy. But the only way that relationship could continue would be for Adam and Eve to change their minds about what they had done and apologize to God and realize they had damaged the relationship. And so what we call repentance, which is changing the mind and, and feeling the sorrow and disappointment in ourselves for damaging the relationship, we do that in any relationship. And so, as I say, prayer and listening to God are going to develop our relationship with God just like they would with any other relationship that we've developed. And any other relationship that we have that we have damaged will probably damage our relationship with God. So uh, they needed to apologize. They needed to confess. They needed to admit they were wrong and seek to restore the relationship by listening to God. And whether or not that occurred or not, we don't really know because it doesn't really there. There's no response from Adam and Eve that's recorded, so it's uh, one of those secret things that belongs to God. But uh, we, as as the revelation continues to unfold, we get a much better sense of how uh, this is to,
1: supposed to work. You know, Alan, I think that's an interesting comparison. So you're saying that the same things we would expect from those we love god expects of us and the same problems we face with all other relationships we face with god
2: yeah that's exactly right Uh, on a much smaller scale because we're dealing with eternal principles here so i don't want to cheapen our relationship with god by saying it's just like but i would say it i would look at it like a parable i think the relationships that we have with every other individual in our life is a parable of how our relationship with god is developing uh, for example if my wife or my friend or uh, a parent or a child were to act like adam and eve we'd be hurt we would feel that we were not being respected that we were not being loved and it would it would put a very severe strain on the relationship so uh, god's expectation of us that we would listen to him before we talk to him, that we are listening to him, uh, that's not uh, unusual at all. It's how all relationships are. And I think when we can appreciate that our relationship with God is either developed or hurt by the way we respond to his words, which again, aren't spoken words, but they're written down for us. And it wouldn't be any different if uh, my boss was not at work. My boss left some written instructions, And he came back and found me doing something else. uh, He would not be happy. He would want to know why didn't you do what I said? And of course, on a human level, we might be able to come up with a better plan than our boss or or someone else, but not on a divine level. And I think we see this in the next account, which is with Cain. Uh, Cain got very angry, very frustrated, and it did. It severed the relationship. When it was all over, he left uh, God's presence and no longer. Treated him like he even existed. Didn't didn't listen to him and didn't talk to him. So it all starts with uh, God communicating to Cain and Abel about the sacrifices that He wanted, and of course uh, they wouldn't know what to bring. They wouldn't even know to bring a sacrifice, except this is what God had revealed to them and. Uh, Later on in the book of Hebrews, uh, in in Hebrews chapter 11, I believe, verses 4 or 5, we're told that Abel listened and respectfully responded with faith. And of course, faith means that I'm basing my uh, response on full trust in what God has asked me to do. And so when Abel listened to him in this loving and trusting manner, which again, we would say by faith, Uh, He brought God exactly what he asked for, and God was very pleased because it manifested the proper respect, it manifested the proper love and devotion, and so he was ready to accept that sacrifice. But God had told Cain the same thing. God had told Cain exactly what he wanted. Uh, Unfortunately, Cain chose to follow his own ideas. He wasn't listening. And later, when the apostle John talks about this event in 1 John chapter 4, he calls what Cain did evil. Now, it wasn't evil in the sense of of doing something terrible. He did bring a sacrifice to God. What was evil was that uh, uh, he didn't listen to God. He didn't show respect to God. He brought what he liked instead of what God liked, expecting God to change his view and you know we've illustrated this in the past if if i'm a fisherman but my spouse doesn't like fishing and i buy my my spouse a fishing pole for their birthday or for our anniversary and they know that we know that they don't like that that's a selfish gift and they're going to be hurt and if the if the person who did that a person who brought something they wanted so they could use it after the occasion was over and so uh, it's no it's no uh, surprise at all that god would feel insulted that he would feel disappointed and so he did not respond to the to the to the gift he responded to the gift with cain he accepted it he did something to show that uh, he accepted cain's or abel's gift but he didn't was unable to respect Cain or his offering. Uh, Jeff, would you like to read Genesis chapter 4 verses uh, 5 through 7 to help kind of help illustrate what we're dealing with here?
0: Sure. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. This desires for you, but you should rule over it.
2: Okay, and so we see everything in this passage. We see God manifesting his disappointment and refusing to respect Cain because of what he had done and Cain becomes angry which is the totally wrong response uh we we when we respond when we've hurt someone and they respond by not accepting we we shouldn't respond with anger but Cain was very angry. angry excuse me and his countenance fell we would say he became crestfallen he expected god to accept his, his sacrifice i suspect that cain probably thought that god would say wow cain you've you've gone above and beyond what i what i even thought but of course that would be impossible god is so much greater than us his thoughts are not our thoughts his ways are not our ways there's no way for cain to even begin to guess what god might like that would be better but what he should have done, and what God says he should do in verse seven, if you do well, is turn around, repent. I've done wrong. I'm sorry. I disappointed you. It's all my fault. Uh, I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to do exactly what you said. And God says at that point, I will accept you. But if you if you don't do well, then sin is crouching at the door. Rebellion, open rebellion against God. And uh, although God counselled him to rule over it. Uh, It didn't work. Uh, Cain was so angry, he went out and killed his brother. And then the saddest, one of the saddest verses in the scriptures uh, is Genesis 4 and verse 16. Uh, Brian, would you read that for us, please?
1: Yes, uh, here it says, Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden.
2: Of course, all of us who know that God's presence is everywhere, Uh, We understand that this is an accommodating term. Cain just stopped believing in God. He stopped acting like God existed. He didn't talk to God. He didn't listen to God. The relationship was ended. And it's sad to say, uh, multitudes of people in our world today are doing the same thing. They're acting like God doesn't exist. They're not in his presence. And of course, praying and listening are not even in their consciousness, because as far as they're concerned, God is a stranger. God is not someone that they've invited into their life, and that's, but Cain went just the opposite. He had a relationship with God, but it came to an end at that point.
0: So in some ways it seems like, you know, for those who can learn to listen to God, that they can draw near to him in a, you know, a friendship kind of way. And conversely, those who refuse to listen kind of become estranged from him, as you said, with Cain. Um, so isn't Abraham, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember, one of the very few people in the Bible who was called a friend of God that had that kind of a friendship?
2: Yes, you're exactly right. And uh, before I comment too much on that, Brian, would you like to read uh, the passage that deals with that? This is in James chapter 2, verses uh, 22 and 23.
1: Uh, Yes, here it says, do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God.
2: And of course, everything's in this verse. And and the question, I guess, that we would all need to ask before we go any further, since he deals with this, faith was working with his works, and by his works, faith was made perfect. So, uh, Jeff, would you like to read Romans 10, 17? I'd like to introduce this thought to our listeners before we go any further.
0: Okay. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God.
2: So, faith comes by hearing. I mean what what's what's been the theme of our conversation since the very beginning communication communication is the key to all relationships and so when it comes to god it's the same thing when he speaks i either trust him or i don't when he speaks i either draw near to him by trusting him and listening to him and submitting to him it's it's going to have to be in the beginning a one-sided relationship Because God is the friend of everyone. God loves everyone. He wants everyone to be saved. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He's just as close as we will let him be. Uh, He is. he, He. He's not far from any one of us, is what Paul said. For in him we live and move and have our being. The problem with our relationship with God is that we initially have to draw near to him by hearing his word, and then trusting his word, and then, as James points out, and then doing his word. Uh, Faith, which means we are listening to God without works, which means listening and doing what God has asked, uh, that's not going to accomplish anything. It's only by our response that our faith is made perfect, And, and I think we understand that. Uh, if if I'm in a in a bind and I call a friend and I say, look, my car's broke down and and uh, I'm out in the rain here. Is there any way you can come pick me up? And of course, the appropriate response would be, of course, I'll be there to pick you up. But if he doesn't come, what's going to happen to the relationship? And and that's really what James is talking about here, because uh, Abraham was a very special man to God because, and that's why he was his friend, because he listened to God. Uh, it's kind of an interesting point. Let's let's think about this for a moment. We all want God to be our friend. Uh, we all want God to be there for us. We want him to help us. We want him to respect us. We want to develop a, a relationship with him where uh, he takes care of us. And that's God's friendship. But how many of us are interested in being a friend to God? How many of us are interested in sacrificing for God and developing a a trusting relationship with God where we're always there for him? When he says something, we always do it. And that's what God did with Abraham. It all starts in Genesis chapter 12, where God says, Abraham, I want you to leave your country because I have a need. I need someone to go to the land that I'm going to show them so I can make a great nation out of them. And so Abraham here has an option. He, he can either develop a relationship with God by going or he can uh, ignore God and continue to live his life. And multitudes have chosen the latter. But Abraham, uh, he wanted to be God's friend. And so this initial request Abraham didn't even think about it. He was on the road. He was ready to go because he, he loved God. He wanted to develop a relationship with God. And then, of course, he gets to the land of Canaan and has to wait for 25 years for God to fulfill his promise. And that was God by design. God wanted to test Abraham. I don't think so much for Abraham's sake, because I think he knew that Abraham would do it. I think he's doing it more for our sake so that we can see what a good relationship with God is based on. And it's not based on getting and getting and getting. Uh, Too many people want a relationship with God that's selfish. It's one-sided. They want God to give everything, and, and they want to give the minimum. And God wants to show us that there are men and women out there who are just the opposite. They want to give to God and give to God. And whether he returns or not is not as impressive or interesting to them because they love him and they're devoted to him. And they want a close relationship with him. So later, when God said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son for me, once again, he wanted to see and show us how much love and commitment Abraham had to this relationship? Many people would say, "God, if you're going to ask that much of me, then we need to part company." Uh, you promised me a son. You made me wait 25 years, and now here we are, about 12 years later, and you're asking me to sacrifice him. This doesn't seem like you're my friend. But Abraham didn't think like that. Abraham was God's friend, and he didn't need to have God doing these things. And this is the way that most of our friends are, are tested. At some point in a relationship, a friendship occurs, uh, a close friendship occurs when somebody's willing to go above and beyond anything we could even ask them to do. In other words, they they want to be our friend. And maybe we've done something wrong and we've put them to the test. And when we come to apologize, we find out, don't worry about it. I, I you're a good friend of mine, I trust you. Uh, and I understand why this happened, and don't worry about it. That's a true friend. That's not a one-sided relationship. We we have a term here in America, a fair weather friend, and what that means is, is that long as the relationship is giving something back, they want the relationship. But when the relationship comes one becomes one-sided because they can't give anything back. Be like a man who's married, and the wife gets a terminal illness. And the man, because of his love and devotion, realizing the wife can't really give anything back, but he doesn't care because he's loves and he's devoted to her. And we look at things like that, and we say, that man's a hero. That man has gone above and beyond. That man has shown his true commitment. Well, that's exactly what, what it is with our relationship with God. And that's really what God wants. And that's why Jesus said, if you love father or mother more than me, Uh, you're not worthy of me. We don't have a relationship. If you love son or daughter more than me, or if you love your own life more than me, then that's not the kind of devoted relationship that I want to have with you. I'm going to give my life for you because I love you, and I'm going to give my life for you with a hope that you will respond. Well, what's the proper? What's the appropriate response? Well, the appropriate response is, if Jesus gave everything for me, then I should give everything to him. And if that's not initially what's part of the relationship, then all prayers are just selfish requests. And uh, it's just a, a terrible situation where you have a Christian uh, who proclaims his love and devotion of God but never does anything God wants him to do and then but he's constantly asking God to do things for him that's not a friendship and that's not the kind of relationship that Abraham had with God Abraham's prayers were precious to God because they weren't selfish prayers hoping to get something these were unselfish requests and i found this through the years most christians are not asking God for material possessions or for uh, special favors. They're asking God to help them be what God wants them to be. They're asking for wisdom. They're asking for forgiveness. They're asking for maturity and strength. That's what a true friend of God, and when God's, when James says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you, that's what he's saying. He's saying that God has already given us everything. He's given our lives, our souls, our our Beautiful creation, all the relationships we have, all of the blessings that we have, God's already given those things to us just in our creation, and His only expectation is that we will respond in love, that we will respond with faith and trust, and that's the first step in the relationship. The first step in the relationship is not God. I need this, and I need this, and I need this, and oh by the way, I would like to have this. Uh, that's that's not a relationship. And God is almost insulted. Matter of fact, we'll see a verse here in just a moment that uh, uh, shows that. So um, he's, we've got to have a close relationship, not like Cain, where we make demands on God that you will do this, this, and this for me if you want to have a relationship with me. Uh, God tried to explain to Cain that's not how relationships work not with your other human relationships, nor with me. But unfortunately, uh, Cain wouldn't listen.
1: So it's interesting to start a lesson on prayer with our need to listen to God. And, you know, you talked about the listening problem that Cain had with God. And, you know, Alan, it seems the, the same applies to Israel. You know, they also refused to heed God's commands. And as a result, they had a difficult relationship with him. Uh, In fact, this very principle seems to be emphasized in Proverbs, uh, where we're told over in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 9, One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. And that is exactly what
2: we are trying to get across here. Before we can start praying to God, we have to show that we love God, that we trust God, and that we are sorry that our relationship with him has been so strained. Uh, Paul makes an interesting point in Romans chapter 7 that I was alive apart from the law. But when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. Because once he chose to rebel against God, the relationship uh, was destroyed. Uh, The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is separation from God because, uh, just like any other relationship, when I do something to betray a person that trusts me, it strains the relationship. And again, if I don't go back and apologize, and if I don't go back uh, and uh, explain to God, Father, I'm really sorry. I, 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 I manifested a, an emotion that I don't really feel, I've shown rebellion that I don't really want to have. And so, We develop this relationship. But what God constantly found with Israel, and Moses made this point in the law. He said, when you get into these houses that you didn't build, and you get these vineyards that you didn't plant, and you get all these possessions that you didn't work for, he says, be careful that you forget the Lord your God by not listening to his law. God gave that law so they could have a relationship. And he told them, in the blessings and the curses toward the end of Deuteronomy that cursed is the man who violates these laws and blessed is the man who does them. Well, why? Because the relationship that we have with God is developed by listening. And that's got to be first. If we're not willing to do that, then all of our prayers are just selfish demands that we're not even willing to back up with service to him. And it's sad to say, but there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians who are really not even interested in what God has asked for or what God wants. They constantly devise their own plans like Cain. They set aside what God has asked for in his worship or in his organization of the church or in his Uh, even terms of membership. In in other words, what do you need to do to become a Christian? Well, some people set aside what he's asked for. I mean, he's been very abundantly clear that baptism, immersion in water, is necessary to be buried with his son, to be raised with his son, to die with his son, and be crucified with his son. But many people set that aside. We're just going to give him faith. We don't expect that he expects any works. Uh, But that's not true. and. Once we start a relationship with rebellion, uh, and then we try to draw near to God, uh, you know, that's not going to work. It, it wouldn't work in any relationship. If, if you've sized me up, we're, we're first meeting each other, and you've sized me up, I'm selfish, I'm self-centered, uh, I don't really care about you at all, I expect you to do everything for me, uh, I'm going to move on. I don't need relationships like that. I I would like to help them. I would like to develop a relationship. But if that's their response, and that's exactly how God is. And so, uh, you know, after many years of this in Psalms 81, I want you to listen to uh, God's lament that uh, fixes exactly what we've been saying for the last uh, uh, 30 or 40 minutes. Um, Jeff, you want to read Psalms 81, 11 through 13, please?
0: Okay. My people would not heed my voice. Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways.
2: So you see, God's hurt. Uh, You know, it's a terrible thing. And in the middle of Ezekiel and in the book of Hosea, God likens his relationship to Israel as a marriage, and he likens their response as adultery, and he often expresses the crushing sensation of jealousy and and disappointment and hurt that people would treat him like that, and it's almost incredible that you could create you could treat your creator in such a terrible manner, and so Here in Psalms, my people would not have anything to do with me. They wouldn't listen to me. They weren't developing a relationship with me. So I gave them over to their stubborn heart. I didn't force them. I let them go their separate way to walk in their own counsel. But then again, uh, he says, Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Because then we would have a relationship. Then I could help them. Then I could hear their prayers. But I, I have to have their love and devotion. It's not in their best interest. It's like a selfish child. If, if my child won't listen to anything, but I still give him, give him everything I want or he wants, what is, what is that going to do to the relationship? I'm creating a spoiled brat. I'm creating someone who will never really have a relationship with anyone. We are doing our children a severe disservice when we don't treat them the way God does here. If they listen, we treat them with love and respect. If they don't listen, then we have to treat them uh, in such a way that they can recognize uh, I can't treat my dad like this. I can't treat my mom like this. It, it's too hurtful for them, and they're not going to respond in the ways that I want them to respond. And uh, God, I think James hits the same thing in
1: chapter four and verse eight. Uh, Brian, would you like to read that one for us, please? Here it says, draw near to god and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands ye sinners and purify your hearts ye double minded
2: and so here it is again and and as i said the question above was why would we start a lesson on prayer with our need to listen to god and the answer is because god is as close to us as we will let him come and unfortunately if we're not going to listen to him then we can't draw near to him. Uh, This is what he taught us through Abraham. Abraham loved him, proved his love by every work, every response that he gave. And later God said, this is my friend. This is the friend of God. And of course, that was in chapter two. Now we're in chapter four of James. And now he's saying, uh, we need to follow Abraham's example. We need to draw near to God. Now, some people have asked me in the past, why is it our responsibility to draw near to God? And of course, the answer is because we're the ones that left God and God's never moved. He loves us. He sent his son to die for us. He wants us to be with him in heaven. He doesn't want us to perish, but to come to the truth. And so he's waiting for me. He sent the gospel into all the world. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believes and is baptized, will be saved. Well, that means I have to take the steps back to God. So if I want God to hear my prayers, I've got to prove to him that I'm his friend, that I'm devoted to him, that I'm going to listen to him, and that it's safe for him to give me things because I'm not going to abuse them and I'm not going to take them for granted. And so this is uh, uh, why we have to start with what is my feeling toward listening to God? Because I can't help you with prayer if you're so selfish that you won't listen. I mean, I can give you all the information that God has on prayer, but it's not going to do you any good because you don't have the proper relationship to begin with. And uh, that's what Psalms 145, verses 18 and 19 expresses. So uh, back to you, Jeff. Would you like to read uh, Psalms 145, verses 18 and 19?
0: Okay. Jehovah is near unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him, also will hear their cry and save them.
2: So once again, I'm first i have to call on him i have to fear him i have to be devoted to him then he can be near to me and he can fulfill my desires and he can hear my cry because my desires and my cry are exactly what he wants me to have You know, one of the important things about prayer is listening to uh, Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. This is the manner that I want you to pray or that God wants you to pray. And then throughout the scriptures, uh, Paul will say that we should pray without ceasing, that we should give thanks, that we could request our daily bread, that we should request our forgiveness of sins and spiritual growth and development. And... God will certainly fulfill those desires because they're in line with what he wants to give us. One of the most interesting passages is the passage about Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. Now let's keep in mind, Cornelius is uh, not yet uh, a full servant of God. He's been uh, living under the Jewish dispensation and now Christ has come and there's got to be a transition. But God wanted us to understand something about Cornelius, and I think it's an incredibly important point that we need to make when it comes to prayer. So, Brian, could you read uh, Acts
1: chapter 10, verses 2 through 4? Here it says, Cornelius, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, who gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision openly, as it were, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in unto him and saying to him, Cornelius. And he fastened his eyes upon him and being affrighted said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are gone up for a memorial before God.
2: That is such a precious verse. Uh, Once again, we have a friend of God, not someone who wants God to be their friend. His prayers and his alms, which were taking care of the needs of others, had gone up before God as a memorial. In other words, God looked to him as a very special individual. Again, just like God made Abraham a a household name, just like God made Abraham uh, by saying he's my friend, someone that we should follow. And so now we have the same thing with Cornelius. We're told in verse 2 that he was devout. That's the same Greek word as godly or godliness. And it means someone who is directed toward God 24-7. In other words, God is important to me and God's feelings about me are important to me. And I'm thinking about that every waking moment. God's watching me and I know he's watching me and I know he's either disappointed or happy depending on my next thought, my next words, and my next actions. Because our actions, our words, and our thoughts are a reflection of our devotion or lack of devotion to God. And so Cornelius is manifesting a great devotion to God. He fears God. He respects God. This is not a terror. This is a reverence, a respect. The kind of respect we'd like our children to have for us, and the kind of respect that our wives or our husbands want to have from us, and the kind of respect that our friends and our boss, in other words, we care about them and we're putting their needs above our own as often as we can, and we're not fair weather friends. We'd do anything for them. And Cornelius would do anything for God. He loved him, he trusted him, and he wanted to serve him. And when he saw other people in need and he knew that this is what god wanted him to do he would give alms to the people now that kind of a man when he prays to god his prayer comes up as a memorial now you remember earlier we saw someone whose prayer was an abomination this prayer is a memorial so we can see the two extremes excuse me if anybody else did that to us and uh so Cornelius here is just the opposite extreme. He's a man who loves God, is devoted to God. And so, really, what we have been trying to emphasize since the beginning of this lesson is that a relationship is two-sided. There's two people. Each person has needs, desires, hopes, dreams, plans, and each side wants to communicate those and wants somebody who will listen, who will respect, who will help, and who is willing to devote himself or herself. And that's a relationship. And if we have that relationship in our home with our parents and children and, and uh, husbands and wives, we're blessed. If we have that relationship with our friends, our neighbors, our boss, our co-workers, we're blessed, but if we don't have that relationship, then we're alone, and we're dealing with these things alone, and it's not good for man to be alone, and so God wants us to understand that, and then apply that to him, and and that's really what prayer is. Prayer is the proper response to a relationship with God. And as I said earlier, it's not a means of getting things. If if that's how we see prayer, I want money, I want a long life, I want this, I want, I want. Uh, but if it's based on, Father, no, you want me to be devout, help me to become devout. Father, I know that you want me to be more pure, help me to become pure. Those kinds of prayers are memorials. Those kinds of prayers manifest to God our love and devotion. As I said in the, throughout the lesson, God has already proven his love and devotion. He gave us this material creation. He gave us our lives, gave us our souls, gave us this, the, all the beautiful things that we've ever seen, all of the wonderful experiences that we've ever had, our friends, our relationships, our hopes, and our dreams. They're all based on God. And so God's already given us everything. All he's waiting for is acknowledgment of that and a desire to develop our desire to develop a relationship with him. And once that is cemented, in other words, once I've proven my love and devotion for him, my care and concern for him, then my prayers can go up as a devotion, or excuse me, as a memorial and not as an abomination because it's just something that is so selfish. So he wants us to talk to you, but only after we've listened. And, you know, Jesus said essentially the same thing. I've always been drawn to this passage in Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49, because it really says it all. So, Jeff, would you like to read that for us, please?
0: Okay. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me, and hears my sayings, and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house, dug deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. He who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth, without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great.
2: Okay, so... What, what is the Lord saying here? The Lord is essentially saying a relationship with me is your foundation to the future. You remember what he told the Jews in uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 24, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sin. So if I'm calling on the Lord and I love the Lord and I've asked the Lord to save my soul and I've asked the Lord to be with me, walking with me, and uh, and and developing a relationship with him, and so the Lord says here, uh, if if you're going to call me Lord, don't you think you have an obligation to treat me like a Lord, which means don't you have an obligation to do everything that I say? Uh, you remember His words in John chapter eight. Uh, he said, "If you abide in My Word, you're truly My disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free." So. This is the foundation. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, he's like a man building a house on a rock. And when that man prays to God or that woman prays to God, uh, God's going to hear those prayers because this is a person who's devoted. This is a fair. This is not a fair-weather friend. This is a friend like Abraham. This is this is a friend like Cornelius. And if I want. God to see my prayers, respect my prayers, and look upon me as a true friend, then I've got to take these steps. First of all, I have to treat Jesus like Lord, not just in word only, but in deed. And then I hear his sayings, and I'm doing my absolute best to do them. Now I'm ready for prayer. Now I'm ready for a respectful relationship. But in Luke chapter 6 and verse 49, he says, If we hear and do nothing, we're like a man who builds a house on earth, on dirt. And when the rains come, that house is going to fall down. And so here's this man praying to God when his house is about to fall down and the ruin is going to be great. And so uh, God is deeply, deeply concerned with our relationship to him before we talk to him before we are praying to him it's crucial that we have this foundation Uh, we're trying to build a house we're asking god to bless us in every way because we want to build something and we need his help to build something and rightfully so but without the foundation of hearing and doing then we are praying in vain. Our prayers are an abomination. Our prayers are uh, uh, selfish desires masked as requests to God. And uh, Jesus says almost exactly the same thing, only from a different perspective in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Uh, Brian, you want to read that one for us, please?
1: Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So where did we start? In the Garden of Eden. What did
2: we start with? God said, my will is that you don't eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan comes in the form of a servant and undermines their relationship with God by saying, God is not telling you the truth. Don't trust him. You won't die. And he knows that if you would do this, then you're going to be wise. And for them to respond the way they did must have just crushed God. God had given them everything, and they knew that. And yet they were willing to listen to a complete stranger who didn't have their best interests at heart. And so now Jesus is saying the same thing. If you call me Lord, then you must do the will of my Father in heaven in other words every word i remember several times the old testament the expression he did not let any of god's words fall to the ground in other words he caught every command he caught every need every thing that god expressed and he did it he didn't let it fall to the ground he built his foundation on it and so those who want god to hear their prayers gotta start with the right foundation without the foundation your prayers are abominations your prayers are just empty and my prayers are, are just empty and this isn't something that just happens one time i might be a real i might have a relationship with god for for 20 years or 40 years like solomon solomon had an amazing relationship with god he started his relationships with god with love and devotion but he married some women and these women who were complete strangers in one sense they influenced him just like satan did eve to build idols temples in jerusalem now as i said earlier when god sees an idol he sees an adultery he sees a an individual that is uh being put on a same level with him and the devotions being given to that idol instead of to him so as we uh Finish up this first section, which is if we want to talk to God, we have to listen to God. And I hope all of our listeners can appreciate this and and understand why we spent a full lesson not on talking to God so much, but on listening to God. Because without the, the listening, there's there's no point to teaching a lesson on prayer. There's no point to teaching you how to pray if God's not going to hear your prayers. And God has made it abundantly clear. If you want to be in my caring concern, if you want to have a memorial before me, if you want to have a foundation that I can see, then there's one way to do it. Like Jesus said, if you hear and do, Abraham heard and did. Cain heard, but didn't do. Abel, excuse me, Adam heard, but didn't do. And throughout the Old Testament, you see this. Noah walked with God. Noah fulfilled everything God asked him to do with building the ark. Thal was the king of Israel, but he wouldn't listen to God. And God finally had to cast him off and look for a man after his own heart, which was David, who will do all my will. And so just like I am deeply devoted to a friend who would do anything for me, and I would do anything for them, and they prove it over and over and over again. That's all God's asking. That's all God wants from us. And so uh, let's just give a little bit of an of a explanation of, of where we want to go next week because the responsibility of hearing has now been met. I've already, I'm, I'm doing everything that, that is described in this, in this series now what does God want from me? So uh, Brian, would you read First Thessalonians 5.17 and Colossians chapter 4
1: and verse 2? Yes, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing in Colossians 4.2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So God is
2: deeply interested in our prayers. He's as interested in our prayers as he is in our listening to him, because again, it shows a devotion. I can't live my life. We, we we sing the song. I dare not try to take one step alone, uh, but if we're not praying and seeking God's guidance, then that falls on deaf ears because it's not true. We're we're mouthing words that aren't true. Uh, Jeff, would you like to read Ephesians 6:18? And Romans twelve
0: twelve, okay. Starting with Ephesians, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And then Romans twelve twelve, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer.
2: So it's clear. God wants us to talk to him. He wants us to pray to him. He wants us to develop a dependence on him. He doesn't want it to be a one-sided relationship where... He's doing all the talking and we're just doing all the listening. No one wants that. I don't want that in my children. I don't want it in my spouse. I don't want it with my friends. I want it to be a two-sided relationship where they're sharing with me and I'm sharing with them. They're open with me. I'm open with them. And so God has been open with us. He's He's divulged everything in his heart and mind to us in the gospel. And now after we're listening he wants us to talk. He wants us to pray without ceasing, to continue earnestly in it, being vigilant, which means being watchful, watching my prayers, making sure that I'm praying enough, and, and showing my interest in, in prayer. And so that's where we'll go in our in our next podcast. But I just want to close with this one statement that we've made over and over again, and that is the foundation of our relationship with God is listening. And when we hear, we draw near to hear, when we draw near to develop our relationship with him, then our prayers are going to be a memorial. And that's really what this whole lesson was about.
0: Excellent teaching there, Al. In fact, one of the things you you touched on, you know, we, at least here in the United States, we typically don't use the word Lord. You know, we, we tend to think of ourselves as, you know, a nation of equals, et cetera. Um. But really, when you dig into the scriptures, that that's a, that's a fairly important concept where, yeah, we may want to accept Jesus as our Savior, or will are we willing to accept him as our Lord, as our Master, as our, uh, you know, teacher where we are disciples and learners and doers? And I think that, that may be a, a case where some people will fall victim to an easy salvation. Uh, and think, well, you know my ticket is punched, and so I don't have to you know worry too much about a relationship with god or or talking to God, or if I' want, even want to talk to God, you know I can treat him sort of like a credit card, so to speak as you as you mentioned earlier
2: yeah that's uh that's really a problem that's developed over the last uh oh probably five or six decades as man has come become more and more selfish and self centered and more expect and and having more expectations, it's the same thing God warned Moses warned the Jews about. Don't forget that God gave you the power to get all these things and continue to submit and
1: trust him.
0: Good points all around. Brian, any uh, others before we uh, wrap this up
1: for today? Yeah, I appreciate your approach, Alan, in you know starting out by really driving home the principle that it starts with listening to God because if we do not listen to God as you pointed out so well uh, we can't expect him to hear us and you know one other passage that came to my mind as you were going through the ones that you brought up and there are so many good ones right Uh, Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2 behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear.
2: Yeah, and you really nailed it Brian. And, and and that's what I hoped to accomplish in this lesson was to show people that throughout the scriptures you're going to see it repeated. There's going to be Cain's and there's going to be Abraham's. There's going to be Cornelius and there's going to be Solomon or Saul or any of these other individuals who didn't listen and as God said in that psalm i think it was psalm 81 oh that my people would listen to me and that's exactly what we we need to understand
0: good points so as we wrap up today's podcast certainly like to invite our listeners to uh, stay tuned for the uh, next podcast in this series where alan will continue uh, probing into prayer and the kind of you know relationship that we should have when talking with god Uh, In the meantime, I would certainly invite our listeners to go to our website at BibleQuestions.org if they're interested in probing more deeply on their own on this important subject. If you go to the Topics menu item and look under P for Prayer, uh, several articles there. Uh, I might also mention there's an entire uh, written series that that Alan has created and that we posted on the website. Uh, That series happens to be under the Lessons menu item. Uh, underneath Christian living, and then underneath that, the subject of prayer. So again, once again, I encourage our listeners to uh, open their Bibles and dig into it, and you know, read for themselves, uh, and have the uh, the courage to actually uh, you know,
1: apply it to their lives, and uh, in an attempt to become more faithful to God. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website, biblequestions.org, where you can submit a Bible question to be answered. And you can also search archives where we have answered several hundred Bible questions over the years. Our website also has a host of free Bible study material, free correspondence courses, as well as sermons and a host of other material. Please stop by and check it out.